Welcome. Uh, we're here to record another podcast at RAA on the steps of 36. It's a podcast of interview questions. And today we welcome Elena. So hello, Elena. Hi, Ryan. Thank you very much for the invitation. Thanks for joining us. Um, so we have a series of questions we're going to go through. Mm-hmm. Um, and the first grouping is uh, about just general questions. And number one is, what is your full name? Uh, and what generation would you say you belong to? Yeah, <laughs> uh, my full name is very long. Uh, is Elena del Carmen Palacios Carral. So that's how it appears in my passport, uh, which has caused uh, a lot of pains in the way. Um, but but yeah, that's my full name. And I belong to the millennials, okay. I would say. Uh, and... The length, the length of name. Uh, how? Why there's so many names? What does it reference? Family or? Well, I don't know. In Mexico, uh, where I am from, um, people have very long names, and my parents uh, were very happy to adopt that tradition. It's actually quite funny because recently, when I ordered an Uber, um, a driver, I, I I went inside the car, and the driver said like. Oh, I was expecting like a royal or like someone like with, <laughs> and it's not you know it's nothing to do with. Right. <laughs> it's just length of name. It's just yeah. long. You we just have long names. I always thought that if I had a kid, I'd uh, save them the pain of having to spell. Also, like in a place, you know, in a in, in England, it's right. been it's always been a pain to say my name. But actually, we also gave our daughter a very long okay. name. So uh, yeah, it's just I guess a little bit of keep tradition. That's yeah. Important. Yes. <laughs> and did you have a nickname when you were growing up, or still still do? Yes, I have. Uh, I have. Many nicknames. I've had a lot of nicknames, actually. Um, well, I think one the 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 one that's used quite often was Paca, uh, because I always because my name is so long mm. that my email and sometimes I sign as Elena Paca. Okay. Uh, so actually, people think my surname is Paca, but is P A from Palacios and C A from Carral. So. Okay. People call me Paca or, yeah. So it's an abbreviation. An abbreviation or, yeah, lots of, lots of different things being called. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Transitioning to the next group, which is focused on your childhood. Mm -hmm. Um, So question number three is where did you grow up? I grew up in, well, I was born in Mexico and I grew up in Mexico City. Um, So, yes. Yes. And do you go back often? I would love to go back more often, but it's quite expensive to travel there. And yeah, I mean, it's recently I also just had a baby, so it was quite difficult to go while I was pregnant and when the baby was born and with work. So like a year every year, I try to go at least once a year, but it has been times that it hasn't been three years and I just go then. And do you miss it? I do. Yes. I really do. I yeah. I miss it. Food. I miss a lot That's, of the food. Yeah. Absolutely. There's no good Mexican food in London. No. Yeah. Not that I've yeah. encountered. No. Me <laughs> no. either. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and when you were growing up in Mexico City, what what typology of the home did you live in? 
Um, I grew up in a house, as I would call it a studio house. Okay. Um, because my both my parents did a lot of work there, okay. and um, and actually it was designed actually by my grandfather, who was an architect. Uh, my dad had a lot of uh, put a lot of his ideas in the design as well. Um, but there, it was conceived as a studio as well to serve both, you know, as a studio house. So, so quite active all day long then. Yeah, quite yes. active. It was an interesting, it was an interesting place right. to grow up. And, and are, are your family of architects, it sounds? Well, my, from my, actually my grandfather, from my mom's side, um, he was an architect. And my dad, an, a, a pe- an artist. Okay. Um, my mom, a graphic designer. Okay. But in the realm of, yes. Right, of design. Yeah, yes. Nice. Uh, yeah, yeah. Obviously, that influenced your career choice. Yes, yes. actually. I yeah. never thought about it, but yes. yes yeah. yeah. Um, how many lived in, in this studio uh, slash house? It was four of us. My mom, uh, my dad, my brother, myself, and... Uh, well, dogs, right. some dogs <laughs> at different points, right. yeah. And your brother, is he also a millennial? Yes, he's yes. also a millennial. Yeah. He's also a millennial, yeah. yeah. And is he also in the design world? Uh, no, actually, he was more into music. Okay. So at some point, actually, what was my dad's painting studio became a recording studio. Okay. But then he went for business. Okay. He needed the money. Right. Well. <laughs> okay, so um, moving on to question number six. Um, did you have a favorite toy as a child? Yes, I think I have. Uh, I used to collect uh, different things, perhaps. Uh, so I, at some point it was soft toys, sometimes books. But there was this one toy I remember, which was like this life size dog that sometimes I even liked bringing with me in the car with my mom which was really weird because it was very big so <laughs> it was an uncomfortable thing to be carrying around and how did the actual dogs take to this well yeah actually I don't remember I don't remember how they took it I just I love dogs right. so it was just I don't know I liked having it around with me right. all the time <laughs> do you have a dog now in London no, yeah, no. I, I, have, I used to have cats recently, unfortunately. Okay. Yeah, they, yeah, they left us. Right. Oh, yeah. sorry. <laughs> no, it's <Yeah>. okay. <laughs> um, question number seven. Were there any foods that you refused to eat when you were a child? Uh, no, no. I, I like everything. I have my reservations with melon sometimes. Okay. But if you give it to me, I eat it. Right. <laughs> So yeah, I eat everything really. That's yeah. good. And still yeah. today. Still today. Yeah. Yeah. Still today. Very good. Yeah. Um and as a child, were there any favorite places or special places for you to visit? Um as a child. Well, I think because my dad uh is um is an artist, I think we used to go a lot to museums uh in Mexico. And I quite enjoy that. We used to go, we visit a lot of uh, their friends' houses. Uh, I used, in Mexico, I guess it's very introverted in many ways how I grew up. A very interiorized uh, upbringing and from moving from house to house or interior to interior. And I feel I spend a lot of time 
in my dad's friends' houses, which were quite interesting because there were other artists and I don't know, it was always like a very interesting environment to be right. growing up around, yeah. Must have been quite inspiring. Yes. yes, yeah, yeah, it was really inspiring. I really, yeah, and their their friends were quite fun, so, yeah, okay. yeah. So we're going to move on to questions about work, mm -hmm. slightly what you do, but also kind of the environments mm -hmm. uh, that you work within. Um, but question number nine is, how would you describe what you do? Yeah, uh, it's a tricky one. I mean, I would say uh, architecture, <laughs> I think. <laughs> architecture, of course, but um, within architecture, I do... I practice in different ways. I, I, I don't say I would practice as we understand architectural practice in a kind of conventional office environment. I've been trying with my very close friend, um, Lola, to set up uh, our own practice. It's been really very, 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 very difficult. Okay. Um, so on one, we try to, or we want to design and do design work through through that, but it hasn't been necessarily all possible. So a lot of our work at the moment involves teaching, research and writing. So I, I teach a lot uh, in architecture schools. And, and when you say sl slightly non-conventional kind of approach, how, how would you describe that aspect? And, and does the yeah. upbringing of being around what seems to be quite a lot of artists, yeah. does that influence it, do you think, as well? Yeah, I think so. I do. I I I love in many ways. Sometimes I I I love thinking of um of of the work I do. Sometimes uh, influenced in many ways by art practices, and um, so I definitely do feel that perhaps sometimes I have that approach, even if it's not that conscience conscious in some ways. Um, but yeah, I do think it influences. I, I, I have a very specific uh, obsession as well with drawing and visual thinking. And somehow architecture really uh, became a great space for me to, to kind of specialize uh, some of my concerns as well, uh, kind of as a through visual. Um, means, whether images, model making, and uh, so, yeah, I think in many ways uh, it has right. had an influence. It seems like it would be almost impossible for it to not, in a way. Yeah, right. yes. If, yeah. yeah. Um, and so this kind of approach that you have in being around, let's say, design environments mm -hmm. pretty much seems your whole life, um, did you always know that this would be somewhere within the realm of what, what you would do for, for a career? No, <laughs> I don't. Yeah, no. To be honest, no. I've I I was always involved in. I was always uh, kind of making things and <clears throat> drawing things and uh, I, I don't know, imagining games or imagining things um, as as a kid or as a teenager. But I never ever ever thought I would study architecture. Okay. Uh, I thought about doing so many other things before. Like, uh, of course, uh, art was one of the things that I was uh, at some point considering. But I was, I, I wasn't even sure if I wanted to study. Right. At some point, okay. I kind of was a bit of a, um, I, I, against education in many ways. Uh, growing up, I, I was at some point in um, 
in a school of nuns. Okay. And that kind of really uh, pissed me off in many ways. <laughs> yeah. So I wasn't sure if I kind of wanted to continue be this idea of being disciplined in some ways. But then I, I visited that university and I saw the architecture studio and I thought, this is magical. I want to be making mini models and mm. I want to be working around people. And right. I, it, it, it felt messy. So I kind of, okay, yeah, and that attracted me. So the messiness and, and the physical aspect of making models was yes. what really drew you. Yes, yes. And, and was yeah. it your aversion to education from an early age? Was it the discipline aspect of it? Was the yes, yes. yeah? I did not like. Uh, I think at many times I, uh, I felt like they were trying to draw me into religion. Uh, I don't know behavior to attach my behavior or my misbehavior rather with being possessed by <laughs> the devil <Okay>. or <laughs> these things so that really made me angry I feel and I it, there was a point in which I think I was protesting I I didn't even want to study and I was quite kind of proud to fail in many ways some of these subjects right. um later on I became very interested I you know I studied a lot then right. um very interested in education but I think yeah Sounds a bit rebellious. Yeah, yes. I I think people wouldn't imagine it today right. if they meet me. Right. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's yeah. interesting. In the, in the education today, do you still feel there's some discipline that goes too far, and even in architectural school, in terms of how our minds can mm, be freed? Yeah. yeah, I think so. I I I think so. I think this is one of the things that drew me to the AA, I suppose. Um, but even then, I think there's still some, I think sometimes um, we should let uh, people's uh, intuitions and uh, um, how do you, curiosities flourish a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah, I found that quite a bit in undergraduate school in the U.S. Uh, yeah. There was a rigidity um, that, that was about producing something quite specific in terms of a model of what the architect should be. Yeah. Um, yeah. I gained a lot from it, but coming to the AA it was quite eye-opening. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, felt there was a level of freedom. Yeah. Um, so other than your phone or laptop, um, are the, what are the tools that you work with? Tools are, oh, that's a very difficult yeah. question yeah. because it's my phone, exactly, my yeah. laptop. But I don't know. Now I have... Uh, Formula making machines. <laughs> okay. And uh, kettles. <laughs> These kinds of things. Do you still build physical models? Yes. So I, I'd say that um, I had an opportunity again to engage with model making and making things and drawing myself uh, with the preparation for the exhibition that was here this first term uh, on portraits of a practice um, the exhibition about MJ Long, MJ Long's life and work. Uh, so, yeah, I love making. I actually I like making miniatures, and it's something I've always enjoyed with plasticine. And right. um, so, haven't done them in a while, but I like doing them. Right. Yeah, yeah, because I think in education, when we teach, yeah, often we we live somewhat vicariously 
through, yeah. through the minds and the what the students are making. So it's nice when there's an opportunity that we get to do so as well. Yeah, yeah. exactly, exactly, yeah. yes. Um, and question number uh, 12, mm -hmm. um, what spaces do you like to work in? Um, Collaborative, quiet? Yeah, uh, sometimes, I think it depends the type of work that I'm doing. Uh, sometimes when I'm writing, I do, or reading, I do like to be either in a big library, like, you know, the British library, and that gives me concentration, seeing all these other people also reading and working, or on my own when I'm writing and quiet on my own. Uh, but I do like, I, li I love the being in school, in the school and with the students and surrounded by the students. Yeah. That's a quite, a, I, I like that a yes. lot. Yeah. Yeah, I feel the, the perfect place at the A is if you have a small office, but you can go and also get outside and be around the students and the buzz exactly. and the vibe going on. Yeah, exactly, can, exactly. If you need inspiration, it's there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Okay, um, so question number 13, Elena. Um, is there a particular book that has had a significant impact on the way you approach your work? Yes, uh, yes, I've had different books at different times. Uh, but at the moment, I think, is this book called Abolish the Family by Sophie Lewis, uh, where she problematizes uh, the idea of the family as, and how this idea has been imposed upon people. And you suggest that book to, to your students, you say, and, and obviously the abolition of the family or the, the concept of that um, and its problematics. Do you suggest that in relation to architectural space and and sort of how they might think about design? Um, yes, yeah. yes, absolutely. I think uh, as a give, also because we work a lot with uh, housing and domestic space uh, as a premise for the briefs, I think that a lot of the time students come, uh, not that much today, but do come with whenever they try to design a typology or something, immediately imagine the nuclear family as the model. And I, I think that we don't live like that anymore. And I think that there are a lot of much more interesting groupings now um, or ways of grouping with people that would very much inform uh, very exciting possibilities for architecture. It's, we this year in the units were for the first time we gave the students a typology, which is the house. Oh, not, did you? Not yeah. housing, but the house, and yeah. and some interesting kind of um, models of family or inhabitant is yes. are, are emerging, which is quite exciting. It wasn't our plan to start, but it's just naturally happening. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So maybe something we push next year. And, yeah, yeah. yeah. I have to put that on the reading list. Yes, yes. I recommend. Yeah. <laughs> um, one last question relating to work and it's a bit mm -hmm. of a tangent I would say but if there was one technological device that you could invent what oh. would it be yeah I was thinking about it I really don't know right I really don't know what I would invent I think I, I can't imagine yeah. <laughs> technological devices mm. um I don't know a, a door a magic door a magic something. door to yeah. go somewhere yeah immediately to, immediately yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like a transponder. Exactly. Yes, yes. Yeah. Nice. All right. Now we're going to shift to, uh, let's say, more architecture, the built environment. Mm -hmm. um, so question number 15 is, where do you live now? Yes, I live uh, in London, uh, near Victoria Park. Okay. Yeah. 
very nice area. Do you yes. go into the park a lot? Yes, yes, all the time. It's one of the nicest parts parks yes. in London, I think. Yes, yeah. I love it. Yeah. I really love it. The canal is right near it. Yes. yes, yeah. Um, is there one hidden uh, building or space in London um, that you would recommend that is maybe off the off the path a bit? Off the path. Ah, I mean, I love the British Library, but that's kind of a very obvious answer, perhaps. Uh, I do like, I I like the British Library. Um, hidden, it's not really um, hidden. No, but I'm not sure it's one everyone would pick. Yeah. Is it because of the building itself or the spaces to study within? Because there's so many, because of the building recently as well, I've become a little bit obsessed with it. Okay. Also, when I've, because I've been looking at NJ Long and, and she designs uh, the British Library. Yeah, I think uh, uh, the British Library gives that variety of spaces that you can kind of encounter in one single building. So right. I like yeah. that. Okay. And question number 17, um, what is your sort of favorite building currently in existence or something you're looking at at the mm. moment that's really inspiring for you? Yeah, I... <sighs> To be honest, I look just as at, I, I look at kind of houses and the, but more the inhabited houses or inhabited spaces. I like looking at how people live and how people appropriate or disrupt certain spaces. I, uh, but perhaps like a, a very inter interesting space that I, I I really love when I go to Mexico is this place called um, Espacio Escultorico, like a sculptural space okay. in the UNAM, in the University uh, of Mexico. Um, and it's a, a sculptural space really designed by these artists in, in the 70s, Federico Silva. Okay. And it's made out of volcanic rock uh, within in the Pedregal, which it was kind of all, um, it's volcanic rock. Um, and it's just a beautiful circle. It's a 120 meters diameter, I think. Okay. And it's just, it's outdoor, open. Right. And it's beautiful. Wow. Yeah. Reflective and yes. kind of yes. yeah, yeah. relaxing space. Yes. Yes. Nice. Yeah. Um, question number 18. If you could visit one piece of architecture that no longer exists, which would it be? Yeah, I was thinking about this one, actually. And I think, I hope I don't give a very long answer, but um, it would be the former studio artist studio of this artist called Jay DeFeo, okay. uh, an American artist uh, that lived in San Francisco. And what is special about this studio is uh, a painting that was there that became almost uh, an installation in her studio okay. called The Rose. Uh, but she was evicted of her studio in 1965. And she was working for years and years on this painting and she was in a way forced to finish this painting when she was evicted. But they had even to remove a small piece of the building in order to be able to take wow. out this painting. But this painting was is quite sculpture and is amazing. And, in, and the photographs of this space are wonderful. And I think I would love to... Visit that painting. It's called right. the Rose. The it, Rose. Yeah, there is a very, very beautiful film called uh, by Bruce Conner. Um, seven minute black and white film, 
documenting the removal oh. of the rose. I highly recommend okay. that film. is beautiful. I mean, it's quite is quite sad as well um, because obviously she's been evicted because the rent was the, the the rent was raised. So it's quite sad uh, in many ways. But the film is fantastic. Was there ever any effort to preserve the house and the painting in in situ or or? No, I don't think there was. I think uh, the landlord became uh, angry in many ways about the way as well in which the the building was being used, and suddenly also the the there were a lot of uh, um, the, the renewal of San Francisco at that point. So obviously. Uh, then there was these processes of gentrification taking place and the land becoming more valuable. So suddenly double the rent, raise the rent after 10 years of her being living there with her partner. Um, and then it was not an, a question. It was just, yeah. It's a shame. Yeah. Sounds, sounds like something that should have been preserved. I know, yeah. I know. Yeah. In well, that space, yeah. yeah. Well, I have to thank you. You've given me a book and a film now to put on my bibliography. So, <laughs> yeah. Very good. Um, we're going to go on a journey now with question number 19. Uh, so you're traveling around the world. And yeah. You have the opportunity to travel around the world. What vehicle would you select to do so? A train. train. Absolutely. Okay. I love taking the train. I hate taking the car or driving. When I drove in Mexico, I hated it. And I hate the bus. Right. Okay. <laughs> so, and... Yeah. and um, slow trains, local trains, or, or high speed, or both? Well, high speed, if high I speed. could choose. Okay. Yeah, All yeah, right. <laughs> I could choose, right. but yeah. All right. um, last question for this section, uh, number 20. Um, you're designing a house or a building, uh, and you have to select materials. Or is there any particular material that you would definitely not select that you think is ugly or problematic? Yeah, well, there are lots of uh, problematic uh, materials, uh, and uh, there are, yeah, more than ugly perhaps but I don't know I think uh, I do not like uh, like glass balustrades or glass in many ways sometimes I really don't like using it I feel it's like a, an easy I don't know peop, I don't know I feel like windows and just windows and glass and I that makes me a little bit anxious and mm. sometimes uh, plastic I don't know right I mean glass I mean Something quite institutional about it at times. Yeah. Now. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, exactly. Especially when you're like in the city of London or in sort of near um, London Bridge area, and you have these buildings going up. Everything is glass. Exactly. Yeah. It's just as if that's just the best solution. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And it's certainly not in terms yeah. of its sort of material production, but also um, environmentally. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So. All right, we're going to shift to um, maybe some more cultural questions within the city, but mm -hmm. also, you know, food related. Yeah. Um, so uh, you live in London. Yeah. Um, and so what's your, what restaurant would you recommend at the moment to someone? Um, I think, uh, I guess I, I really do like going to St. John, but I, which is a very obvious answer, I suppose, for architects, uh, but I do really like it. Um I also really like this place in Angel called, called Afghan Kitchen. I've heard of this, yes. Yeah, it's great. And I love going there with uh, my friend Lola and with my partner. Nice. Good. Yeah. Very good. Yeah, St. John's is good. I mean, you can't... Yeah, I know. Yeah. It's just... I. 
Yeah. It was a very obvious answer, but yeah. I would be lying if I yeah. don't say that, yeah. you know. <laughs> you have to go to Afghan Kitchen. It's the second time I've heard someone recommend it. Yeah, so, yeah. it's really good. Yeah. Um, question number two, um, what would be your perfect meal? And it doesn't necessarily have to be the food, but maybe the environment as well. Yeah. Um, mm, or who I mean, you're with. Yeah. Yes, I think, I mean, ideally, if I could orchestrate a meal, it would be a mix of Lebanese food and Mexican food. I mean, not mixing both right, of them. Right. A little bit of, you know, separate. Okay. Uh, but... I, I think I, I like to have both of them because I, my 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 family from my dad's side, uh, from Lebanon. Okay. So my gra my grandmother used to, is what we ate all the time, uh, and I absolutely love it. But I obviously also love Mexican food, so yeah, I would love that. Do you see any similarities between the two cuisines? No. 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 <laughs> I mean, of course, there are I right. kind of crossovers, but it's, dum, dum, it's no. quite nice, though, to grow yeah. up in an environment that has two quite separate cuisines. Yes, yes. yes. And yeah. food as a kind of uh, the center of everything. Right. Yeah. yeah. Question number 23. What's the last uh, cultural event that you attended in London? We have lots of cinema and film and yeah. Yes, I think actually uh one of the, the last ones I uh, I went to was in Oslo. There is this uh new exhibition on it's called I think Hand and Machine Drawing Architecture uh which was designed and uh the graphics and the exhibition designed by Kellenberger White. Oh. Uh um graphic design studio based in London and it's beautiful and in fact I know Max Christie works a lot uh, at the AA and and there's uh, his photographs are actually printed on the floor as a tapis almost and uh, it's quite a bit uh, dangerous <laughs> but right. it looks beautiful and it's amazing and it's drawings from 2008 to today so it's quite a recent development on architectural drawing and yeah it was the last event I went to yeah Max is a good friend of the AA and he's done a lot of work with us and uh, his his photographs from an architectural perspective are, are quite important I think um, mm -hmm. yeah uh, and I've been thinking about where to travel for Easter break so maybe Oslo will be on the list yeah. yes yeah. good place to yes. go <laughs> um, so uh, this is more of a let's say a Creative question, number 24. If you can inhabit one film, which would it be? Yeah, I've been thinking about, I don't know. I think like Interstellar or... Okay, yes. <laughs> like Mad Max. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> All right. Um, so Interstellar because of the three-dimensionality of it? Yes, I think. And uh, the time travel, no? Giving messages to people from different <laughs> yes, yeah. time frames. Yeah. Or <laughs> and Mad Max is quite intense. Yeah, it's yeah. quite not because of the intensity, right. but more kind of the landscape. Right. I suppose okay. <laughs> it's not that I love that film right. particularly, but the landscape know, is quite incredible. It's yeah. quite incredible. Yeah. 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 So, um, question number twenty-five: Is there a television show that you're currently watching, or one from your childhood that kind of resonates with you? Yeah, uh, well, recently I watched so many things. I watch everything, everything. <laughs> um, but one that I've enjoyed recently, I guess, is The Bear. 
Okay. Uh, I don't know if you've the, watched on it. On Netflix. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. It's on my, on my list. It's really I, good. Is it? It's very good. I love the first season. I love the second one. It's a little bit cheesy, the second season at the end, okay. but I really like it. Okay. It's quite intense. Yeah. I just finished the film, so maybe I'll go to that one next. Yeah. 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 Which film? Was, yeah, I just watched King Richard, which is about uh, the story of Venus and Serena Williams as kids um, from a tennis perspective, but it was, yeah. Oh, yes. The yeah, guilty yeah, yeah. pleasure, more or yeah, less. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, so uh, question number 26, um, shifting to music. Mm -hmm. What was the first album you ever bought? The first album I ever bought was The Lion King. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I was thinking and it, it was, I remember very clearly that was the first and and had you seen the show? No, no it was after the, the film. The film, yeah, okay. the film. Uh, yeah. yeah, I I loved it. Right, Selton John, no? Yeah, yes. I know. <laughs> that's that's weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. Oh, well. yeah, no. Yeah, no, no, it's good. It's good. <laughs> and uh, continuing with music, um, what's the best music gig you've ever been to? The best music? Oh. I, I I really enjoyed. I went to see Cat Power once, and I really enjoyed it okay. uh, in Mexico, in a very small uh, place, and yeah, it was quite touching in I, many ways. Yeah. I think small, small venues change the yes, dynamic completely. Yeah, 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 yeah. definitely, yeah. definitely. I saw Bob Dylan twice: once in a huge venue and once in like the small cafe, and it was yes. completely different. Yeah, I saw. Dynamic. Yeah, I saw Bob Dylan. Actually, I, I was thinking as well. I saw Bob Dylan in Mexico, but it was in a big venue, and the sound was actually it was pretty bad, yeah. but it was quite exciting to see Bob He's, Dylan. Yeah, I yeah. saw him actually in a. a small club in Boston where it was oh, one of the amazing. first places he had played oh, um, wow. and he came back to do just kind of an impromptu shows you know, oh, wow. very lucky yeah, yeah. nice yeah um, and last question but continuing with music um, it, what's what album are you currently is your go-to right now that, that you're listening to when you're yeah. working yeah. Uh, I don't think I listen to one album I just kind of put uh, how do you call the arrows in the Spotify uh, shuffle, or, yeah, shuffle, yeah, yeah, shuffle, yeah. and whatever it comes. Sometimes I just listen to. I do at uh, the last album. I remember I really kind of was obsessed with. Was the, uh, I liked Cow Cow Power and Moonpix? I think was mm. the album I liked. Um, it, but yeah, I don't really feel. Yeah, like, it, yeah. It, it might actually thinking about this question we might have to revise it a bit because album is slightly outdated now i yeah, think most people listen yeah. you know to spotify and apple music and we have playlists yeah. exactly yeah so yeah. we have to revise <laughs> that to playlist yeah. um we're gonna have a couple questions now that maybe veer towards the more serious um yeah. and obviously there's a lot going on in the world we talked about religion a bit and um mm -hmm. sort of the structure of uh, education mm -hmm. um uh, we've talked about family units etc um, uh, so in your kind of, in this moment in time, what do you think is kind of the most, uh, relevant or a really relevant issue to talk about politically, socially within contemporary culture? Yeah, well, um, maybe something I've come to experience myself recently, uh, is also, I recently had a daughter, she's now, uh, her name is Alma, uh, she's now six months. Okay. And uh, the, the whole question about um, care and maternity leave and working conditions for uh, parents, caring parents uh, or care, carers um, 
it's something that I feel needs to be addressed quite urgently. I also feel this is something that perhaps I tackle with in my in the work I do as an architect um, in education, but also I'm very concerned by it in design as well. Uh, but yeah, the question of of um, motherhood or uh, or parenthood rather, I think it's it's something that needs to be uh, looked at and the conditions of work. I suppose I I felt personally that I couldn't drop many of the jobs I I had, and I think this is something that. A lot of people also face, other people face, uh, the conditions of maternity leave is very difficult to understand to begin with. Also because uh, in my situation, I teach at different places. Um, I have a lot of jobs in a way, and it was very difficult to understand how to follow uh, or how much I would be covered. If I do this, do I get paid by the other? You know, it was quite a complex procedure. And and also, well, it's not enough time that you get paid if you take materni maternity leave or paternity leave. Um, so, yeah, it's something I had to share with with my, par my partner. And it was quite difficult. It's been quite difficult altogether to try and juggle everything at the same time so yeah I, I think is something that definitely needs to be uh, supported in many ways uh, legally but also you know in the way that we're structuring the places that we live no uh, space spaces of uh, care and for carers and I think obviously there's laws and, and government kind of stipulations for yeah. maternity leave, but then each institution also has their own policy, yes. which then must make it difficult when you're working in multiple places to to navigate the differences and, and absolutely. how... Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. It was really tricky also because I was starting a few new jobs. So I think it's not until you've been with them for a long time that you are allowed to be paid. Um, so I couldn't take maternity in some places uh, because of that. Um, so, or rather paid mater uh, leave in some places. I had to continue in some. So it was kind of a bit of a chaos in that sense, right? And I think, yeah, also uh, I think more and more, um, hopefully this this care work is, is shared with others. So... Yeah. The paternity, the aspect of expanding also to paternity, or it would be important yeah. as well to reconsider. I think always with our political and economic kind of systems, when there's a situation where people are vulnerable in, in yeah. the sense, there's opportunity. Yeah. And like I know in the U.S., and I say that negatively yeah. in terms of opportunity, because I know in the yeah, U.S. Yeah. it starts a pattern of... Um, well, then you need day daycare, and then daycare becomes so expensive, and then it it trickles into you know certain schools one needs to get into, and all this costs. Yeah, um, and exactly. Then, and that's another pressure on a young family. Yes, um, exactly. So it's it's it's, and then those groups who are making money off of this situation fight back to keep the system as is because it's which is so it just becomes such yeah. a problem. Yes. Um, all around and. 
yeah. And it's interesting how you then think about how that might translate to space. Yeah, how, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think also uh, considering kind of like places of giving birth and, you know, hospitals and those, uh, I don't know, I do feel that in many ways uh, a lot more effort should be put in that. Um, the experience is quite, can be quite traumatic in many ways, so... I think that's something definitely also yeah. worth I mean, having a look as architects. So. Hospitals are so sterile and so sterile, yeah. and uh, and and yeah, I think also uh, the priorities sometimes are given to other groups. Yes. And, yeah. Well, seems like quite a topic to to um, continue to, to yes. investigate, especially Absolutely. what you were talking about early on about the importance of reconsidering the family. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I think it it all at the end comes to yeah. to that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, similar question, um, but maybe uh, if you can think about something slightly different, or if you think it is still related, yeah. that's good too. Um, but question number thirty: If there was one ill of the world uh, that you would like to vanish, yeah. oh, um, what would geez. it be? There's so many. I know. Yeah. There's so many yeah. things I would like, but I think one that that is filters everywhere is greed mm. I think yeah I think that you find greed in the worst things that are happening currently and that have happened you know I think it would be that yes yeah I mean that's sort of what I was talking about in relation to daycare and exactly, these sorts of things exactly. it's all greed you know? yeah uh, yeah um, so yes that would be great if it could go away <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so now we're going to do a series of very quick um, questions. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, question number thirty-one: Morning person or night owl? Morning. Morning. Yeah. Yes. Same. Yeah. yeah I much love better. Yeah. Ten o'clock. Yeah. I'm in bed. <laughs> <laughs> Same. <laughs> um, question number thirty-two: What's your favorite season? Uh, summer. Okay. I love summer. I do. Yeah. Yeah. You like the heat? I love yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, um, not so much now, right. but uh, because it means so many different things. But yeah, I like the sun. Right. Yeah. Right. Good. Yeah. Um, question number thirty-three. Do you have a guilty pleasure? Uh, I I'm I'm being made feel guilty by this, but I don't think I feel guilty. I I love Love Island. Okay. <laughs> I watch Love Island. Yeah. Yes. But I don't think it's a guilty. No. I shouldn't feel guilty yes. about. Yes. <laughs> it's quite I mean, entertaining. We, we have so much media coming at us, and the world is so exactly. serious. We need some. Exactly. Yeah. I I learn a lot from it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. That's yeah. good. Yeah. 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 I used to love watching Survivor. It's kind of. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh my yeah. god! And They're, I can keep going with yeah. the kind of things I yeah. want. Yeah. The first <laughs> few Survivor series were incredible. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. they didn't really know what they were doing. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, question number thirty-four. Uh, if you have one, what is your most prized possession? I think my most prized possession at the moment is the doll's house I I used uh, for the exhibition here in uh, Portraits of a Practice. Uh, this doll's house that uh, the architect MJ Long uh, did for her daughter uh, in the late 70s. Uh, I hope at some point that doll's house is not longer in my possession, but at the moment, I seem like I'd like to donate or I don't know it being somewhere that other people can visit it but at the moment it's kind of my possession right. and I, I I'm taking a lot of care of it quite special to have I think yes yeah. yes 
I should maybe put you in contact with one of my former students, uh, Maya oh, Factor, yeah. um, who last year designed, um, let's say, fragments that made up a house. And towards the end, she started looking at the dollhouse as a toy yeah. and a mechanism to teach gender roles within the oh, house. Yes. And so she talked about her, her objects as these devices to, to reconsider gender oh, within the house. Oh, that's amazing. I, yeah. I, I'm fascinated by yeah. this topic. So, I absolutely love, uh, yeah, All right. So I'll, I'll, I would love that. <laughs> I'll put you in touch, definitely. Yeah, she would like too. it too, definitely. Yeah. Um, question number 35. Um, what was your first experience of the AA? I um confusing, <laughs> I think. Yeah, yeah in yeah. A, sh a show, I came to a show, but I was very confused. I came from uh, Mexico in a university, and it's quite a different place, so I was a bit confused. I didn't know if I was in the right place. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, it reminds me of when um, I brought my mom to the A for the first time, and I yeah. was telling her I'm going to this architectural school yeah. in, in London, and I walked up to these buildings she yeah. this is the school i know like, i know exactly <laughs> doesn't look like a university exactly yeah, yeah. it was that yeah <laughs> all right we've made it to the final question number yeah. 36 can you describe the AA in one word oh gossip gossip yeah. yes yeah. i think is that's the word yes. that describes yes. yeah. yeah maybe hopefully productive gossip but yes yes, <laughs> yes exactly yes. yeah well, thank you, yeah. Elena, very much. Yeah. It was an no, enjoyable conversation. You. No, yeah. thank you so much. I really enjoyed this and thank you for the invitation. Uh, of course, and, and look forward to reading your, your references. I appreciate <laughs> it. Uh, no, uh, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode. Air AA podcasts are developed, recorded, mixed and edited by the Architectural Association from our home on Bedford Square in central London. To find more episodes, view the show notes and explore other Air AA series, visit air.aaschool.ac.uk.